Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Welcome home, friends. This is Doing It At Home. This is the space for you to feel confident, prepared, and excited for home birth. Each week, we bring you inspiring stories and conversations all around home birth to help you to feel understood, to prepare, to get ideas. Whether you are planning and maybe thinking about home birth, you could be pregnant or not and exploring your options. You could have just made the choice to have a home birth and you think you have a lot of things to figure out or you have questions or you just want to connect with others who have had home births or are having home births. This could be your first home birth. It could be your 10th. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you do it, who you do it with. Do it with love. That's what we are really about here. And we understand that home birth isn't going to be everyone's choice. Yet, like us six years ago, home birth could be for many that don't realize it could be for them and haven't explored it or haven't seen it as a viable option, hasn't been presented to them as a normal event that birth is not a medical event that has to be managed. We're grateful for the tools and the technologies and the people that can support us when we do need them. And if you don't, if you want to have your baby at home, heck yeah, we're, (laughs) and if you don't, and yet this space could provide you with insights and information to how you can navigate the hospital system more effectively and know what your rights are and know the difference between policy and rules and laws and things like that. We've gotten really great feedback from listeners that don't choose home birth or maybe don't go on to have a home birth. And yet the space, because of the the space that's held here for birth, that these stories here are, are really universal in the sense of what they can bring to the birth experience, again, wherever you have it. And we did it at home. We're doing it at home again. It's what we're, we love to talk about here. Today's episode is unexpected, unassisted home birth of baby number six with Lauren Smith. 
Just a couple of quick reminders. You can check out our information and how to get involved further in doing it at home in the show notes with whatever podcast player you are listening with. You can check out our website, our social media, our shop with really fun doing it at home and home birth merch and swag. And our book is available on Amazon in paperback and ebook format for you. This episode today, again, unexpected, unassisted home birth of baby number six. Lauren, we had a really great time with Lauren. We talked about the vast experience she has in birth within her six children from the hospital setting to birth center and home. So she has really great perspective on the experience of birth and all of them very different. And we hone in on this one, the sixth and the, you know, kind of spoiler alert elements of it being unassisted. And a couple of the things that she used to support her along the way, like spinning babies as a resource, Miles circuit for assisting baby and being in that optimal position. And we talk about the experience being a fast labor with her children present and one of her daughters actually cutting the cord for this uh, sixth baby during the, the birth experience. Thank you so much to Lauren for joining us. Really appreciate you for listening Quick word from our sponsor, and then Lauren's story. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Lauren. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy that you are here. So we appreciate you coming and hanging out with us and doing it at home. And we're excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much. So share with us, Lauren, give us the kind of synopsis of you and life and family and what you're up to. Yeah. So um, I'm married to my husband of 11 years and his name is Chris and we have six kids. So ranging from almost 11 all the way down to the newest, which is two months old, just turned two months old. Um, And I'm a stay at home mom. I'm a homeschooling mom. And that's pretty much a lot of what I do. Um, we're also super involved in our church. Um, and then when we're just kind of in our free time, we love to camp. We love nature, love to go hiking. So we just, we love exploring the world. That is so cool. You yeah. have just become the hero automatically of so many listeners that are like tuning in right now. I know they're like, oh, I want to yeah. know everything this woman's <laughs> doing, especially with the homeschooling of, you know, now six and um, the nature yeah. connection, all of that. I'm sure so many are just like, okay, Lauren, tell me, tell me what I need How? to know. How do we do this? <laughs> so yeah. I'm subscribed. I'm in. Um Okay, great. So six kiddos, and we're going to be talking about the sixth most recent birth today. Um, But for a second, can you just give us a quick background on what all of those births were? Were they all um, all at home or just kind of give me, you know, an idea here of the journey? Sure. So they were not all at home. Okay. Um, With my first pregnancy, I was 20 years old, um, very disnaive about the world in general, I think. And so I just defaulted to the hospital. That was what everyone did. And so had a hospital birth with him. It was actually an induced birth, 
had the epidural, um, you know, and I don't have any sort of negative feelings about his birth in general, um, but just not really what I know it could be. Mm. And uh, so, but I did have a lot of residual back pain with his from the epidural. Mm. And so I just, the next one, I want to not have an epidural, but uh, kind of arrogantly thought, oh, I can do this. No problem. My mom had two babies naturally. It's, it's not a big deal. I can do that. Um, and ended up not coping well at all with her birth. It was very fast is what they call precipitous. Mm-hmm. So it was less than two hours from start to her being born. Wow. We were at the hospital for less than 30 minutes and the nursing staff was not supportive at all. Mm-hmm. They forcibly tried to hold her inside of my body because the doctor wasn't there yet. Um, and it took my husband basically threatening her to get her to leave. Yeah. Um, so that was a really traumatic experience, um, of feeling so out of control with my body. And, um, just a small portion of that was, um, I was assaulted when I was in high school Mm -hmm. by one of my really good friends. And so all of that trauma kind of in that moment, like came flooding back of like being out of control and someone else forcing my body to do something. And so that was really difficult. So when, um, I actually wasn't certain I wanted to have another baby after hers, um, but God intervened on that and ended up unexpectedly pregnant with our third. And so I decided, you know, hospital is not for us anymore. And so we switched to midwife care had the next two in a birth center in a freestanding birth center. Nice. And those were really redeeming births, that third one in particular. Um, and I was sold, you know, after that first, after the third birth, that first birth center birth, I was sold and said, this is how I'm birthing my babies. As long as I can help it, this is how I'll birth my babies as long as I can help it. And so had number four in a birth center, it went great. And then with our fifth, we had planned on doing a birth center again, but I really wanted to do a home birth. We weren't sure how many children we would have. And so we, I was like, I really don't want to regret not doing a home birth. And so at 36 weeks with him, we decided to switch to a home birth plan, wow. uh, which was fine because my midwife did both. So it oh, didn't that's nice. really change very much. They just sent the birth kit home with us, the birth kit home with us. Mm-hmm. And um, that was fantastic. And so when I got pregnant with number six, it was never even a question of whether we would do home birth or not. It was just, this is what we're doing. Wow. Wow. So you've got two hospital, two birth center, two home birth. Again, people are like, Lauren, tell me what I need to know. (laughs) I am listening here. (laughs) That's incredible. Wow. And so going into six, having- I have a question before we go into six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When you went from birth center to home birth, what was Chris's what was what was Chris's thoughts on that? <laughs> okay, good. Yes, you're here for I that. Told Thank my you. Husband, <laughs> before we recorded, I told my husband, I said, they're gonna ask this. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm gonna tell him I <laughs> uh, yes. So, he was not initially he was not supportive at all. Okay. I had mentioned home birth to him from the beginning of the pregnancy. Um, and he was not he was not about it. He thought I'm paying this woman. She's going to do everything. I don't want to have to help. I don't want to have to set up. I don't want to have to do any of the, he really thought it was going to be a a lot messier than it actually was. Mm. Um, But he was not supportive at all at first. And then just, I think 
the more we talked about it, um, the more open he became. And one morning he was getting ready to go to work. So it was super early morning. It was like five 30 in the morning. And he looked over at me and he knew that I had my 36 week appointment coming up. And he said, when you go in, tell her you're going to have her at home. We'll do it. There was never, and there was not, you know, so there wasn't a whole lot of conversation. It was just like, okay, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So you think it was just the, the conversations that the two of you had and continuing to bring up the topic that um, ultimately helped him to get onto the other side. Yeah. I think later on we talked about it and even right before we recorded, we were talking about it and for him, it was really, he saw like, that was really what my heart's desire was and that he needed to remove himself from that, that it wasn't about him, that my heart's desire was to have a baby at home and he didn't want to stand in the way just because of of inconvenience to him. Mm, Wow. That's really beautiful. There's a lot that can be taken from that. And I'm sure that, you know, other partners could, you know, those listening could pause, hop in with their partners to to listen yeah. to that, um, that that could be a helpful part of the process and experience. And way to go, Chris. I mean, way to go you for being convicted too and and solid in what you, what your heart's desire was and that that was so resounding that he, you know, caught on to that and that it was, it was clear to him. So that's just beautiful. Absolutely yeah. love that. And I love that, how it, transitioned smoothly with your midwife. Yeah. Oh, just, so great. She's like, okay, cool. We're, we'll just, instead of being at a birth center, we'll just be at your house. That's so great. Yep. Wow. So then with six, what I was going into a little bit before was the, a little bit different in that you're knowing from the beginning that you're going home versus the right. switch at 36. So there is kind of a, a newer element to it, not to mention you're pregnant with an entirely new human. Um, it can always be different. So what were some things that you wanted to do differently or experience differently, if anything, going into the sixth birth? Yeah, knowing that it was a home birth from the beginning, I definitely wanted to be like hyper-focused on what is the difference because I kind of naively thought that it would be very similar. So I had not really prepared myself mentally that this was going to be at home and what differences there would be from a birth center to a home birth. And it's not huge, but there are things that are very significant. And so um, I really wanted to do that prep from the beginning of strictly what is it like to birth at home? And so what did that look like? You know, were there specific things that you did or resources or how did that process go for you? Yeah. So that's actually when I found y'all's podcast was at the very beginning. I was only six weeks pregnant when I found it um, and ended up finding a few more that were like specific home birth podcasts and found several Instagram accounts of women that had birthed at home or planning home births as well. And so kind of having that Um, I didn't know anybody in my personal life that I was close to. I knew like far off women, you know, but not what I was close to. So having like that kind of camaraderie, even through social media or through just listening to other people's birth birth stories on podcasts Mm -hmm. was really uh, powerful to hear how those experiences went. That's great. What a testament to it. I mean... It, it makes me feel great because I'm like, okay, cool. We've been doing this for six years. <laughs> We're on to something here. But also just that experience, ex- experiential knowledge just goes so mm-hmm. far when it comes to, you know, whether it is an Instagram account you're following or a story you're listening to or someone you, you know, if you are uh, fortunate enough to to have a relationship with someone who you can get in a little bit more potentially, you know, have more airtime with them. But 
you know, there are the resources, there's the research, um, there's the research, there's the care providers, there's the education, and then there's just the experience. And for some, I feel like that Absolutely. can have the biggest impact that can have the the most resonance, you know, is to, to hear from someone who's like walked the coals, so to speak, and is, yeah. has done it. Um, so that's, that's really awesome that you set yourself up like that. And that mm-hmm. you were, you know, in the mindset, you know, from the beginning and right. uh, that's great. I love it. Ugh, okay. So what were some of the plans? Like, okay, we've got five kiddos. This comes up a lot in the community. What were you thinking mm-hmm. as far as the birth intention, the setting, the space, how you wanted it? Did you want the kids involved? Did you have conversations with them like based on their ages? Like, I'd love to know about that, but both for the show and um, and personally. And, and for our, <laughs> our own sake. Yes. Um. So one thing, that was one thing that we didn't, that we didn't do with the fifth with the first home birth is we didn't really talk too much about how that would look like with the kids. We were just like, you know, I had a feeling with him that they would be born at night and he was. Um, so it kind of worked out. They weren't even awake, but they woke up right after he was born and that was a little chaotic. And so I'm the type of person that I don't appreciate any of my family. Um, not in like a negative way. Like I love my family, but they're just very different minded when it comes to birth. Mm. So I knew I didn't want them in my space. So from the very beginning, we set up a doula to come in. Now her original purpose was to be with the kids. Um, A little bit of a spoiler, that was not her purpose when birth happened. But (laughs) um, we did decide that we would have her come in to be a support for our children. Um, And that was really so that if things got intense, Chris could have his focus not split between the two of us. Mm. And um, so um, I'll get into that later towards the first story, but it was really a good decision. And we did talk a lot. We bought books um, to share with them and just talked a lot about how that would look. We showed them birth videos. And I know that's kind of, you know, it can be controversial whether or not you show that um, to children, but my kids learned a lot from that, just showing them this is what, physiological birth looks like. And this is not to be scary or, you know, even if mom makes this sound or this sound, it's not scary that it's normal. And, um, even my 10 year old son was, he wasn't, you know, weirded out by it. He wasn't growth. He he was really interested because that was what he was going to be seeing. So Mm. I love that. I think that's, that's a fantastic way to approach it because with the right context and the right type of conversation, I believe kids can, Mm -hmm you know, see things like that and be able to, yeah. to understand it and process it and be okay, you know, with it. So what were some of the questions that they asked you? I'm just curious. Um, they asked a lot about like how the blood would come out. So they, oh. they didn't know, like, is it going to just like shoot out or, you know, cause we've had like head wounds in our house okay. or like, finger wounds that, like blood was like shooting and like, is it going to shoot out. Wow. And I think that was more like, my son was like, that would be cool. And I did that, but um, <laughs> they asked a lot about like how the blood would be. And I think that was, you know, just not understanding, but um, they asked about that. They asked, you know, who, you know, like who could be where. So my daughter um, who was seven, she really wanted to catch her. And mm. so she was like, well, can I, can I be in there? Can we do that? And so um that was really a fun conversation to have with her about how, how do you catch a baby? And that was her plan wow. to, was to help catch. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. How cool for her to desire to have that experience at seven. Yeah. I know. Oh, so, yeah. 
excited about all this. Okay. So (laughs) anything else that you just knew you did want or did not want as you were kind of setting up your birthing space mentally, emotionally, spiritually setting the intention? Um, I really wanted to be focused on just like listening to that internal dialogue Mm. and trusting my own intuition. Um, Because even having five kids, I had always relied on my midwife, which is, I love my midwife. She's fantastic, but I really wanted to not so much rely on what she was saying, but really listen internally. Um, And as a believer, knowing that God was going to guide me through that and that that was ultimately who that intuition was coming from um, was from God and knowing that he loves me and this baby more abundantly than I can ever imagine. And that he would guide through that. Did you have the same midwife for the two birth center births and the two home home births? They weren't. So they're the two home births were the same, okay. Okay. but the two birth center was a different birth center that Got only it. did birth center. births. Understood. Mm-hmm. Got it. I feel like we can take a quick break and come back and cool. talk about this birth. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right. So set us up here for birthing time beginning. Was it very clear? Did we have some labor denial going on? Like, some, you know, you never know what it's going to be like. So what was it like for you? Yeah, this one was completely different than all my other ones. The last four had all been very similar in the fact that they were, um, as soon as labor started, it progressed pretty quickly and then baby was born. Um, With this one, it was very different. Um, so we were actually at church the night before and usually we stand around and talk for quite a while. And I just had this instinct that was like, you need to go home. You need to get them up. You need to go home. I wasn't having any pains or anything, but it was just this gut feeling of like, go, go home. And as soon as I got home, my husband was at work that night. And so I got all the kids to bed by myself, tidied up. And as soon as I laid down within five minutes of laying down, I had my first contraction. So this was about 9 p.m. on the 18th. And I was like, that's that's interesting. Okay, I'm going to try to go to sleep. Tried to go to sleep, and they kept coming about every 15 to 20 minutes um, for several hours. And so around 1130, I decided to call my husband and say, hey, just keep your phone near you. I think things might be happening. Um, and they didn't. They continued at 15 minutes apart the entire night. So by 1 a.m., I decided, okay, I'm just going to call him home because I'm afraid if I go to sleep, I'm going to wake up and they're going to be like right on top of each other. And so I called him home and he set up the birth space. 
Um, but they never progressed. Even I got up out of bed when he got home and I was up helping him and even being, you know, vertical and moving around, they still didn't progress at all. And so, you know, went back to sleep. Well, tried to go back to sleep. And so I would fall asleep for 10 minute increments in between. And so the next morning I woke up and I was just completely discouraged that it had been all night long. I had only gotten these 10 minute increments of sleep and I didn't feel like anything was happening. And so I called my midwife that morning about six 30 and just said, Hey, can she was going to a neighboring town from where we live. She was going to be in her office over there for a while that day. So I said, can you shoot over here before you head down to Greenville? I just need you to lay eyes on me, see what you think. And so when she got here, I actually asked for a cervical check, which I really didn't want originally, but I was so discouraged at that point that like, I didn't feel like I was making progress that I was like, I either need you to confirm what I'm feeling or maybe surprise I am. And she did. She confirmed that I was not, um, my cervix was high. It was posterior. It was still hard. Um, and so she said either two things, you're either in padromal labor or you have a baby that's not sitting right. You have a baby that's not in the correct position. And so she kind of gave me two different options. She said, you know, you can just keep trying to rest and work through them. And, you know, if it's padromal to go away, or you can do these things to try to help baby move. And so we opted for the second. And so she gave us a list of different like spinning babies techniques to do. Um, and we went through all of those with just my, me and my husband and the kids were here. Um, but no one else was at that time. And so we went through those and nothing, nothing changed. And my doula at that time ended up calling me cause I texted her that morning just to tell her what Linda had said. Um, and she called me and she's just checking in how I was doing. And I had a contraction when I was on the phone with her and she was like, Oh honey, I'm coming. You need, you need help. And so at the beginning where I said she didn't end up being there for my kids, she switched roles. And so at that point she really became my doula and really trying to help me through that. Mm. So she had a dad and was there in about 30 minutes. Wow. Okay. So once she arrived, <clears throat> did things kind of stay the course? Did things speed up, slow down? What happened at that point? Yeah. So at that point, when she first got there, they they stayed the way they were. Um, we had kind of, or I had kind of given up doing anything and just kind of was sitting around like trying to just wait it out at this point. I was convinced that they weren't going to do anything and that this baby is going to stay me forever. That was kind of like my mental <laughs> capacity at this point. Like it has been over 12 hours at this point. This baby's just never coming out. And she got there and she was just a breath of fresh air. Mm. Um, and during this time, we had also sent my two youngest children to my parents. Um, I really wanted the whole family there, but they were just getting a little too much. Mm. They didn't understand that, you know, not to touch me and things. Like, and that was at the point where I was kind of getting irritated if anyone would touch me. Yeah. And so we sent them. And so when she got there, it was just like, I think just having her presence there was like a breath of fresh air to like change something about what was going on. Because for 
you know, 10 hours now, it had just been Chris and I trying to go at this thing. And she brought in a whole new level of encouragement, just being a doula and witnessing dozens of birth. Um, and so she said, let's, let's do these again. Let's, you know, she said, I'm here and I'm going to be able to tell, okay, we're redoing these completely properly because these were things that I'd never done before. Um, talking about the spinning babies techniques Mm -hmm. that those specific ones I had never done before. And so um, she was really able to support us through doing that again. Um, Can you give an example of one of needed? Sorry, can you give an example of one of the the techniques? Yeah. I just, I'm just curious what, like what's one of the techniques that you all did. So one of the things is actually a three part. It's called the three sisters of balance. And so it's three separate um, techniques. One, you're kind of like, almost upside down. So your bum is in the air and your head's all the way down on the ground. Um, and you're kind of like coming off of like a couch or a piece of furniture. Um, and that one was really difficult to do. That was the worst one of all of them. And I hated it. But, um, the idea is just to kind of try to give baby more space in the pelvis to Mm -hmm. move. Um, so we did that. And then the other thing we did was the mile circuit. Okay. What's the mile circuit? Does walk is walking a mile? Oh no, that sounds actually much more pleasurable. Than <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> than <laughs> <my> circuit. <laughs> no, I think that's the. I think the word miles was the, the lady who invented oh, okay, it. It's her okay, last okay. name. Yeah, but it's again, it's like three different um, things that you do in order, and I think it's the same thing as to try to bring contractions closer together for that one. Got it. We We're will all, include links to all of this information. I'm learning today. Yeah. <laughs> that was really awesome, though, because I I can't imagine you're the only person. Well, I was like, you could walk a mile. Like that. Yeah, or partner yeah. <laughs> who thought that. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So did you feel, could you feel like there was impact from that? Like, could you feel anything shifting as a result of that? Not until the very end. Okay. So we, the last thing... Um, in this three sisters of balance is um, you kind of wrap up with that being a side, it was called a side laying release, which is kind of hard to explain, but you're essentially on the edge of a bed and you have two people supporting you and you flip your opposite leg that you're, you know, the one you're not laying on like all the way over your body and let it hang. And then you're supposed to do that through a contraction. Um, And the first, when we did on my right side, um, it didn't really, feel like any different. Mm. But then when we switched to my left side, uh, about halfway through that contraction, she had this giant movement that was incredibly painful. And all of a sudden it was like that. I feel like that maybe did something, mm. wow. but then, but then they stopped contractions immediately stopped. Oh, so they man. were, you know, we were waiting for another one to come and we're like, we're just sitting there waiting and we're like, okay, it's been like 25 minutes. What's going on? And that's when the doula was like, okay, well, maybe your body's giving you a period of rest. You know, maybe your body knows baby's about to come and you need some rest. Cause mm. at this point I had been up since, you know, 5.00 AM on the 18th the previous, and it's yeah. now like two on the 19th. Mm. Yeah. So I had been up forever, you know, yeah. and really busy that whole time. And so she suggested, Hey, we're going to go out, you know, her and Chris, we're going to go out to the living room with all the kids. You just rest as long as you can. So we, I laid down 
propped a bunch of pillows around me um, so that my legs would stay open. So that pelvis would stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, and for about another 20 minutes, I didn't have a single contraction. And then I had one huge contraction that they could hear. And I remember laying there and I didn't have enough time like to move before the contraction started. So I felt like paralyzed in this side, like awkward side laying position that my legs were wide open. And I was like, this is awful. I've got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. So as soon as they came in the room, I told my husband, you've got to get me, help me get out of this bed. Mm -hmm. I cannot have another contraction laying on this bed. That was awful. And so we got up and we moved um, into the living room and we were just kind of like talking about it and we hadn't started timing them. um, But we all kind of agreed, like it was about four minutes, you know, when we ended up talking about it later, Um, it was about four minutes. So I had another one Mm. and my husband had an external thought, like an external conversation with himself. He was talking to himself, but he, we could all hear. <laughs> and he said, should I fill up the birth tool pool? And then he paused for, yeah, I should fill up the birth pool. <laughs> and so he took off running to our laundry room, which is where the hose was connected mm. and to fill up the birth pool. And I thought he was being silly. It, like my initial thought was like, okay, you're panicking. Like you're being silly. You do not need to be running around like a maniac. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. Yes, he did. And so my doula stayed with me and I had the next contraction and she started timing them. And we realized very quickly, like, oh no, these are not four or five minutes apart. These are two and three minutes apart. Okay. And so she picked up the phone and called the midwife at that point because the midwife was not there. And so that's when we realized like baby is coming. Wow. Oof. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm like maybe the, the the Matthew Mile circuit would have helped out at some point in there. <laughs> I'm like still stuck on that a little bit. Um, wow. So like we're not. I'm thinking about that 9 p.m. starter mark. You know of when you talked yeah. about, and so now here we are, and um, baby's coming. Clearly, mm-hmm. midwife might not be there. Did you have any thought about that? You know, when, when your doula reached out to the midwife, did you, did you have any thoughts about, you know, if midwife is here or not here, how do I feel about that? You know, or were you even in a space to be thinking about that? Surprisingly, no, I never had a conscious thought that she's not going to make it. And I never had a conscious thought to care, to be honest. Uh, Okay. I love my midwife. I would have loved for her to be there, but I never had a conscious thought of like, oh, I hope she gets here or oh, she's not going to be like, I never even Uh, processed that she wasn't going to make it. And when I went back and thought about it, I knew she was in Greenville. I knew there was no chance of her getting, that's almost 45 minute drive to our house. Mm. And so I, but I, it was like, it, I just didn't care. It was not a conscious thought to even be bothered that she wasn't going to be there. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happened? So it was very quick up at the, at this point. So at the, I had to go back and look at my phone and see what time did my doula call. And so she called at two forty Exactly. She called my midwife and said, you know, contractions are right on top of each other. We think baby's coming. You need to, you need to scoot over here. And um, then there was a few more contractions right there 
um, I was kneeling like across a birth ball in our living room on a yoga mat. And I had just a few more, maybe two or three contractions before the birth tub was filled up. Um, he got that birth tub filled up in like 10 minutes flat. It was amazing. All right, Chris. And he came and <laughs> he came running down the hall and he was like, I think it's still enough. Let's, let's get you up. And I remember saying like, I can't move. I can't go anywhere. And he was like, no, Lauren, you said you wanted a water birth. You're getting your water birth. You're getting, I'm not letting you miss this. And so he was like, have another contraction. And then he got me up. So as soon as the contraction was done. He pretty much was like dragging me down this hallway, down to our bedroom. The living room's at one end, our bedroom is at the very end of this hallway. And it's not very far, maybe 20 feet, but I felt like it was a mile. You know, that mile you're talking about, Matthew? I felt <laughs> yes. like it was a mile. <laughs> and, but as soon as I got through the threshold of the door to our bedroom, I had another contraction. And I guess because I had been you know, on hands and knees, the gravity had not quite hit me yet. And so when I had that contraction standing up, I was like, there's like, she's coming. Mm. And so I had this long, like flowing dress on. And so I kind of pulled my dress up and I felt down and I could feel the bag of water, like bulging completely out. And that's when I was like, baby's coming. And my doula at that point, um, was thinking like, that I was about to have baby, you know, on the threshold of the, above the carpet. And she was like, Mason, which is my son's name, Mason, where's the Chuck's pads? Where are they at? And he went to go grab them. And I was like, no, I am not doing it here. Get me in that tub. Oh. Cause it was five feet away. And I'm like, get me in that tub. And so I'm climbing over the side of it, mid contraction, climbing over the edge of the tub. And my husband is like trying to pull the dress off with me. I didn't even care, but he was trying to pull the dress off of me. I had socks on my feet, which I don't remember ever putting on my feet, but they were going in with me. And as soon as I hit the water, it was like instant, just like a breath of like, oh, I can breathe. Mm. It was it. It just that change from going, you know, on land to in the water was just like an immense relief that I just was able to finally take a breath and be like, okay, I can do this. This is not as bad because before getting in, I was like, I can't. This is, Mm. this is horrible. I can't move. I can't do this. Um, you know, you're going to have to birth this baby for me. I can't, I can't do it. Um, so yeah, I got in the tub and I could still fill her bag of water and that was incredibly uncomfortable. It wasn't necessarily painful once I was in the water, but it was incredibly uncomfortable to have that bulging bag of water. So I remember like consciously having the thought of like, how do I pop this thing? Mm. Like, can I make this thing pop? Can I do this? I don't really know. And so I just, held on to it, but not quite knowing, like, I don't even know how it would pop it. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't have sharp fingernails. I don't have anything to, you know, I'm like, that's probably not safe. I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> but just having that thought of like, how could I pop this thing? Um, and then within just a few seconds of thinking that it finally, it, it ruptured. Mm. And so I remember calling out the water's broken, you know, just, I don't know who I was telling, right. I don't know why I was telling them. <laughs> but I was telling somebody. And so as soon as that happened, I didn't know at the time, but my husband like looked over to my doula. So he was standing directly in front of me and the doula was off kind of to the side with the kids. And I, he said that he, at that point, he like looked over to her, like, 
help me. What do I do? And she was like, you've got this. Like you can, and she told him like, you can do this. You've done this. You can do it. And so he realized I was like sitting on my arm. Like my arm was directly on top of the tub. And then my whole body weight was resting on top of my left arm. And then that's why I had my right arm kind of down in the water. And he tried to like pick my body up to help me use my arm. And I like screamed out to him, like, don't touch me. And then he (laughs) felt like, kind of like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do now? And um, within a few seconds of me, of him trying to move my arm, um, I felt her head Mm. coming out and I had heard about fetal ejection reflex, but never experienced it myself. Mm. And so that was really neat thing to have with this birth that I didn't actually have to push her out as soon as my water broke, her head just descended. And it was really funny because when I felt her head, I didn't know what it was. Like it felt much softer than I thought it would feel. So I almost was like, I don't know what I'm feeling. What, what am I feeling? And again, talking out loud, like, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I was talking and Mm -hmm. saying, I don't know what I'm feeling. And then as her head descended down and fully came out, I was like, oh, her head's out. And um, my husband, again, looked over to the doula, like thinking like, like, are you going to do anything? And he was like, she was like, go catch your baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if it's um, like a state thing or if it's you know, kind of nationwide for doulas, but in our state, they technically cannot catch babies. Mm. Like that's a, that would be a breach of what it is to be a doula. Mm-hmm. And so my husband didn't know that. And so he kind of felt like, wait, you should do this. Yeah. You're more trained than yeah. I am. Right. Um, but you know, she let him hold, you know, she really wanted him to be the one to do it, you know? And so he came around the back of the tub And he said, the way he describes it is she shot out like a torpedo. Mm. It was just one quick thing. And um, when she came out, she was, she wasn't wrapped around her neck, uh, but she was wrapped around her body and her umbilical cord. So he kind of had to like figure out how to flip her in the water. And he couldn't figure out where the cord started versus where it ended. And so he ended up pulling her out, like instinctually just pulling her out Um, and so that was fun. I had to like stand up in order to get around her cord and sit back down. Um, but he had to, you know, he couldn't really tell how to get her untwisted while she was in the water. Um, and then he just handed her to me and she let out this, you know, quick cry. It was this high pitched squeal cry. And then she went silent and, but her eyes were as big as saucers, just looking up at the world, um, you know, and pinked right up. And it was just, it was a beautiful little situation that just of, of him handing her to me. I don't think I'll ever forget that image in my brain of him handing this little baby to me. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I have lots of feelings. I've had lots of goosebumps <laughs> throughout this whole conversation. I love oh. that, that thing that you just mentioned of him handing her to you. I just went to this kind of symbolic you know, synchronicity of, um, how it comes full circle where, you know, what, what our husbands give to us for baby Mm -hmm. to be conceived and then for him to also now be handing her to you as she's come out of the womb. I just think is really magical that it is this, you know, team effort and it is this communal experience that you have with your husband. I think that's, that's just really rich and, and magical. Yeah, there's nothing 
there's nothing like it. Yeah. And I, it wasn't even something that I thought I wanted. And he, he definitely had no intention of ever catching a baby. <laughs> and, um, but you know, it was a, it was something that I can't ever describe. I wish that I had that with all five or with all five, the rest of them that he could have handed each of them to me. Cause it was really, it was super special. Mm. Wow, what a great experience for him to be able to have. And for the doula to almost insist that he was so hands-on. Yeah, that's great. You know, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And how long after baby was born, did your midwife arrive? Um, so the, we had an apprentice that okay. was underneath our midwife that we weren't sure whether she would be at the birth or not. Um, but she was actually, um, a little bit closer to us. So the midwife did call her and send her first when we got that first, when she had that first phone call. Um, so she was about 15 minutes by the time, um, she arrived and, but the actual midwife didn't get there till about 40 minutes after she was born. Wow. Hey, that's amazing. <laughs> Sometimes that's it. how it goes. I, yeah. And it wasn't, you know, the only thing that I'm really glad she was there for, um, is the placenta. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, that was, that's a little bit, you know, I, I don't really want to deliver a placenta and I don't think my husband wanted to. So that was nice to have her there when the placenta came. Mm. So the apprentice came and, um, the placenta had not been delivered yet. Um, and it was weird because I actually didn't have like an instinct to push my placenta out, which the other ones, either they had been, um, like that had been like augmented in a way, um, with both of my hospital births, they both had been, I'd been given a shot of Pitocin in my mm. leg to kind of augment the placenta coming out. Um, but even the three prior with midwives, um, I had always had like a, like an urge to push them out and, you know, but I didn't like, I had to like actively think like, okay, we might want to get this placenta out. It's been like 30, 35 minutes and it had not come out, um, which is fine. Um, but I had to like actively push it out, which was, you know, like think to push it out. And so that was different this time. Um, but my daughter, the seven-year-old that wanted to catch, um, she didn't get a cat to get to catch, but she did get to cut her cord. Um, and so she was really super excited about that. She, um, you know, she got to cut the cord and she sat just like a little student and was just examining that placenta and the midwife's apprentice. Um, her name is Karen. She was holding up the placenta and showing her all the parts. And, you know, that was a really cool experience for her. And she was all about it. I'm so That's excited cool. to hear that. I just can see some of that possibly happening on our end yeah. and the age yeah. being similar and just the curiosity and that, yes. you know, into it energy. I could see some of that. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome, Lauren. I'm I'm so grateful to you for sharing your story. And, you know, as we wrap up here, I'm just curious if there's anything from your experiences that you would distill down to give a piece of advice to to someone pregnant planning for their home birth yeah. or just, just anything you kind of want to put out there. I think one of the biggest things for me was as a believer, um, just completely trusting in God that he would direct that situation. Um, but also trusting in the birth team that you've chosen. Mm. Um, so even though my midwife didn't make it, um, throughout my entire pregnancy, she was so encouraging, so supportive, um, and just so, um, letting me trust in my own feelings and not, unnecessarily interjecting 
her thoughts into something that it didn't need to be. Um, so one thing that did happen with her pregnancy that I forgot to mention um, is at her anatomy scan, um, it was discovered that what we thought she had a missing nasal bone. That was mm-hmm. what they told us that they couldn't find her nasal bone. Um, and we went back for a repeat ultrasound and they still couldn't, they said, no, there's, there's no nasal bone there. And so we were, we consulted with, um, in South Carolina, you have to have like an attending physician oversee your birth. If Mm -hmm. you're going to have an out of hospital birth and we consulted with him and he was like, you know, yeah, this is possibly, you know, a marker for what's, um, for down syndrome that that's what, if we see a missing nasal bone and no other facial deformities, which she didn't have any other facial deformities, that that's a big time marker for Down syndrome. Um, it's not guaranteed that she would have it. But so we went through the rest of our pregnancy, knowing that that was a possibility. Mm-hmm. And um, having the option to switch to hospital birth was put on the table. You know, he said, this is a possibility. He didn't pressure us into it. But he did say like, that's, you know, it's a possibility if you want to choose to do that. And um him, the doula, and both the midwife and the midwife surprise, we had conversations with each of them about it. And they were all so encouraging that if we wanted to continue with home birth, that they were there to support us, that it didn't, you know, if they needed help after baby was born, we would address that then. But they didn't allow me to sit in that fear of let's make decisions on fear because Mm. we don't know. And they really empowered me to make decisions based on what I knew to be true instead of what I feared might be true. If that makes sense. Yes. It makes so much sense. I love that. That's so really I, great. Yeah. So I think having a birth team that shares your same values, because all three of those people are, I guess, including the apprentice. So all four were all Christians and I chose them specifically for that reason. Um, and that was crucial when it came to making that decision of, do we, you know, allow fear to come in and switch to a hospital birth. And, um, you know, it ended up that they were wrong. She has a perfectly, a perfectly developed nasal bone. Mm -hmm. She has the cutest little nose and there was nothing, there was nothing at all. Mm -hmm. They just, there's some things that ultrasounds can't see. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Thank you for that advice. Thank you for everything, Lauren. You yeah. are a rock star. I'm so excited to share this with Thank the community you. and to share um, some of the resources that you mentioned as well. We'll pop that in there. And I just wish you and your family the absolute best and continued love and health for everyone. That's just so, so great. And um, if you have homeschooling tips, we can talk <laughs> offline as well. And I'll put those in the community too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was so great to share and just thank you guys so much for having this platform. It has meant a lot to me and to my births. And I know that, you know, thousands of other women feel the same way. I just commend you both for putting so much time and energy into this podcast. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done... 
why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.